0: Welcome to Day Zero Update for June 18th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Oloji. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Victoria And yeah, it's uh, been another big week as we have sort of the, the cleanup period for Summer Game Fest. Uh, we've got stuff from the Ubisoft Forward Showcase, the Capcom Showcase, uh, the Xbox Games Showcase Extended, which was a weird show, uh, along with some other news of stuff where... Other people have not been slouching on announcing things. As Mm -hmm. uh, we got some uh, news for your PlayStation Plus game catalog for June. Mm. Uh, We got, uh, yeah, new demo that's out. We'll Urban and I will be talking about it. Uh, New game for your Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. Mm -hmm. uh, As well as some dates here. And uh, we got bad news for the Embracer group. So, more so the people... uh, uh, the people that are not executives, yeah. mostly. So we'll yeah. talk about that. Uh, before we do, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, and I'll kick it off here. I have been playing some Dordogne. Uh, this is an adventure game, essentially a narrative adventure mm-hmm. game, uh, about a girl who uh, is visiting her grandmother's house after she has passed away. Uh, they... Signify why she is visiting as far as this is related to them like cleaning out the house, uh, Mm -hmm. the government, or whatever it is. I don't know Mm -hmm. the the specifics on why that happens. Uh, But you are sort of visiting at the, uh, against your father's wishes, who you find out has had a bad relationship with your grandmother, but uh, you're still sort of wondering what. You know, happened between them. What happened that you don't remember that much about ever visiting this place and your grandparents, uh, that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's uh, it's a whole thing. I'm not gonna say too much on that because I am not that far into it. Maybe about two hours or so. I don't think it's a a super long game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but it does have the sort of achievements that suggest that you'll probably have to play at least one extra time if you're going to get all the stuff. Cause uh, Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have much in the way of like progression trophies or achievements where, you know, you do a thing uh, that you're going to do anyway and it gives you, you know, an achievement for that. It's a lot of like, Oh, you did this thing, this weird thing, Mm -hmm. a lot of that kind of stuff where I saw one of them is like, when you first go into the house, like it, Especially like, oh, you should light a candle so you can see. Uh It has ones for going into two different places without doing that. Uh That kind of stuff where it's like, oh, if I'd known that was a thing, I'd have probably done that. But I saw it later, and I looked at a lot of the, the hidden achievements, and it's just more of that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of things that you would do uh normally, but a couple of things that you may not think about and... There's stickers you can pick up because uh, at mm-hmm. the end of uh, each of the days, uh, the main thing you're doing is you're like going around the house in the present day, and then you sort of recall memories that happened back in the day. Uh, this is set in 2002, so the back in the days, like the like 1982, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, in the French countryside uh, kind of stuff, you're going to hang out with your grandmother, doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's neat. It's got some nice charm to it. The yeah. art style is very striking. Uh the environments are all kind of hand drawn in kind of a sloppy way, I would say. Not like it's shitty looking. It's it's oh. just a very a specific kind of style of like maybe like a fuzzy fuzzy memory kind of art style to it. Yeah. I don't know what the the thinking is, but your uh character you're controlling Mimi uh, looks really good, kind of almost in like a Studio Ghibli uh, or maybe a, a Shin Chan kind of style.
2: Yeah, so I like to think of it as the art style of a children's storybook. Like, you know, if you're turning through pages, the page is going to be white and then there's going to be like, not really a big picture, but a big enough picture on the middle of the page. And then it'll be blended by the white of the page on the perimeter of the uh, image. So it has that kind of style with the watercolor. But um yeah, like it's it, it's all really well done. Um and like as long as like you know you, you have a big enough TV to like see everything there, you shouldn't have much of a problem like, you know, just walking around. Uh, it's 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 kinda like, you know, the um PS PS one Final Fantasy games where everything is pre rendered there and you can just like walk around the painted background. But yeah, like visually it's pretty striking.
0: Yeah. It's the only real issue I have with this is it's sometimes a little bit hard to tell like what the boundaries of what you can walk it. Around these areas, so sometimes I'm trying to walk around just see if there's little things to interact with, and I go like, "Oh, I can't really move, so I guess I'm done looking at whatever's in this area, that kind of stuff." But yeah, you pick up little stickers and that kind of stuff, and at the end of the day, you make a, a page of you know photos you've taken, uh, stickers. You make like a little poem uh, based on words that. You weirdly like find in the environment or yeah. pick while you're doing dialogue, which you're also, that stuff also shows up in the environment. You're just yeah. using a cursor to pick it uh, versus, you know, walking around and seeing a big word show up. Uh, so you're kind of using that stuff to make poems. Yeah. Uh, but it's very, it's very kind of obtuse in the way it does it. Cause you're just picking a word and then it pulls up like a couple different lines you can pick from. That Kind of stuff that's like, oh, this is weird, but uh, you know, I don't think you're intending to ever make like good poems or anything yeah. uh, the way it's set up, so that is uh, a pretty neat little game. Uh, so I might, I'll probably finish it and maybe play a little more, maybe with a guide to see like where uh, the little side stuff is that I missed. Uh, because yeah, there's certain stickers you can only get on certain days, that yeah. kind of stuff, and it's. Not really clear uh, without literally wandering around every inch of every area you're in to see like where it is. Uh, Because it doesn't really show it up front. Mm. You just kind of see it as you get close to it. So that's Dordogne. It's on Game Pass, but it's also on everything PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and Switch. So you can play wherever you want. Uh, And then I played a bunch of demos. Uh, I've done videos for almost all of these. Uh, I'll tell you why the one... Doesn't have a video, but uh, there's Viewfinder, which is on uh, PlayStation and PC. This is a first-person puzzle game. Mm. Uh, I believe the developers sort of described it as a mix of maybe Portal and something like Anti Chamber, uh, like a perspective kind of puzzle game. Uh, a little bit of tricky stuff, but uh, the big mechanic here is that you are able to uh, take pictures with like a Polaroid type of camera of uh, the environment you know hence the viewfinder uh, that you then hold up in front of your face and uh, with the left trigger and then you use the right trigger to place it in the environment uh, where it pulls this picture into like a 3d uh, you know backdrop essentially with uh, you know objects and you know uh, furniture and whatnot you have in the picture uh, being laid down there. Uh, the, the thing that gets a little tricky with that, once you do get the camera in the... Uh, for, like, the last couple of levels in the demo, uh, is that if you... Uh, there's one that, like, has fences that you're trying to get around, and so it's like, oh, I'll take a picture of, you know, the edge of this area without a fence on it and just overlay it here. Uh, the The empty space also shows up in the environment. So uh it kind of erased certain parts of the stage where it's like, oh, okay, this is weird, but uh to be a little bit careful with my platforming around. Uh but I was able to make it work. But uh there's a, a story that's going on. You get a little glimpse of it. Um and it's uh it's they have a rewind mechanic so that you know if you take pictures uh that end up making poor choices for, you know, things to lay over the environment. You can just rewind back again, you know, and try it again, uh, that kind of stuff. But the, the first handful of levels that are in this demo, you're just walking around and finding pictures that have already been taken. And so you're using that to solve puzzles or get across the environment, that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, really neat style, really neat uh, puzzle mechanic kind of stuff. Uh, so that'll be fun. Like, one of the early puzzles, you know, you're putting these batteries on this teleporter device, uh, but there's only two around, and then you find a picture of the area where a battery used to be, and you get to lay it down again to get a, an extra battery that way. So there's means of, like, cloning batteries and other things like that, so it's a really neat-looking demo, so yeah. that was a lot of fun to play, but it's not... Super long demo. It's like maybe six or seven stages. So
1: mm.
0: I'm looking forward to that. That's out next month. And I have a hunch that based on the dates, uh, that'll be out on a Tuesday in the middle of July, uh, the 18th. I assume that will be on PlayStation Plus game catalog for extra and premium people. Uh, so that would be nice if that ends up playing out. All right. Uh, there's Lies of P, uh, the Pinocchio mm-hmm. Souls Like. Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of has a uh, the the style of a bloodborne mm-hmm. to it um this demo is pretty good uh it is really rough on the edges cuz it's doesn't have a very good means of uh, teaching mm. you how to play it mm. and how like the the mechanics work cuz it's not it does some things different than your typical souls game mm. um, cuz initially when you set up you pick like a build so it's like strength dexterity I forget what the third one is. And so you get a weapon out of that. And two abilities. uh, Because as you fight, you're filling up these meters that... uh, It's three meters, uh, but your main ultimate is a one meter. Uh, And then you have uh, another one that is involving your block. Uh, You hold L1 and then hit triangle, which is your your ultimate there. Um, And I could not figure out what the heck... I was doing with that one. I guess it makes it easier to do like a perfect block or something like that, which I just for learning this game, I was not understanding that at all. Uh, It does have pop-up tutorial stuff. So it'll tell you like about a mechanic, usually sometime around when you engage with a mechanic in the game. Uh, But sometimes those tips are written poorly in a way that I just did not understand it when I was skimming it at first and then uh, came back to it to reread it. and was like, Oh, that's what this is talking about. Uh, I sort of took it in a different way or it doesn't explain things very well at times. Uh, Cause there's, you have your main weapon uh, and then you have your left arm. That is a weapon, but they mm-hmm. don't ever explain at least the, the, the 45 minutes to an hour that I played on the, on the video, like, what the hell this left arm is for. Mm -hmm. Um, I just happened to run into, like, your first big, like, mini boss Mm -hmm. uh, that's holding a key that you need to get to the next area and, you know, your first actual save point. Uh, And I died probably three or four times before. I was like, well, I'll try this left arm because uh, nothing else I've been doing has been working.
1: Mm.
0: And that managed to take off a good chunk of its health that let me deal with it in a, in a neat way. Mm. So that was kind of a, a frustrating thing. Uh, there there's, it doesn't seem like there's much in the way of invincibility frames in the, in the dodge, mm. uh, which really fucked me up on that mini boss fight. Cause I was, you know, getting in to get a hit in or two and then trying to dodge away, but kept getting hit constantly as I dodged away mm. or, uh, Getting hit as I was trying to, um, you know, cancel out of. You can't like cancel out of a an attack with a dodge or anything like that. There's no animation canceling as far as I could tell. That could all be in there, and I just did not understand how to do it. Um, but yeah, that there's like a lot of stuff like that that is weird. Uh, the uh, the bloodborne mechanic of where you got hit and if you returned uh some damage their way uh quickly enough you could regain that health. That's kind of in here, but in the block stance. Uh as you take uh damage while you're blocking, it kind of does some chip damage. Yeah. That shows as like a faint uh, you know shrinking of your bar. Uh but if you get to hitting an enemy uh a couple times in the, in the you know a few seconds later uh you get that health back. So you got yeah get an opportunity to keep some of that health. Um, The Estus flask you have here is, uh, has a neat mechanic where if you use your last one, uh, you can regain one by attacking enemies. So you are never really permanently out Mm. of health, uh, health refill uh, for too long. So you can kind of just be like, oh, I know where some, you know, Easy enemies are, I'll go get some hits on them and refill this so I can get my health back, that kind of thing. Uh, I think it's one that you can get back. I don't think you can build all of them back mm. uh, before you need to go back to a save point or find one somewhere to refill all your, your, your hits on your flask, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, the story seems neat. Mm. Uh, it's largely influenced by the original story that was pretty dark. Um, but obviously it's about you know this French town that has been or Italian town I think that has been decimated by puppets uh, you know as far as you know all the all the people are gone uh that kind of stuff um uh, I believe Jiminy is not in the original Pinocchio story mm-hmm. uh, but they introduce a character named Gemini uh mm-hmm. that is kind of a he comes off as like a very robotic voice. So he could be like a robotic cricket. They don't ever show him. Mm. Uh, His voice is kind of very much like a, uh, a robotic kind of voice, electronic kind of voice that has a lot of interference in it. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
0: causing like stuttering and that kind of stuff. So uh, there's that, but you're, you're listening to what I think is like the, uh, the little uh, good witch that like revives Pinocchio kind Mm. of thing uh i think she is like doing a lot of the narration telling you like what's going on or what you need to do that kind of stuff but otherwise everything works pretty well it's you know it's you know fairly janky and clunky like souls games were mm-hmm. and still kind of are um yeah the style to it's pretty good it's a it's a game worth checking out it'll be on game pass uh but it'll also be on playstation and pc as well mm-hmm. so that's something you can check out uh, and the demo is probably worth checking out as well, playing for a bit. I don't know if any of that carries over, but I believe it is a fairly meaty uh chunk of the game to check out. Uh so that's uh a thing there. So yeah. and uh let me see what else Final Fantasy sixteen. I played about an hour of this, uh did a video of that first hour, uh which is a lot of story mm. stuff, um unsurprisingly, but uh it was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, they do a lot of stuff on the, the current day, uh, where your boy Clive, who goes by the name Wyvern, I think Mm -hmm. is part of this group that is doing some, some Anbu op shit, uh, while the, this war is being fought and you see a little bit of story of, you know, the people, uh, the King of one of the sides, you know, dealing with the, the people he's hired to help him win this war, that kind of stuff. Um, the neat thing they do is anytime in the cutscenes, you can hit the pause button and then hit the uh, the, the touchpad, and it'll show you uh, information, uh, bits that you can see on, like, every character that's shown in this scene, uh, the location, topics that are being talked about. So if you're like, what the fuck is a dominant? You know, you can... Click on a thing and it'll tell you, like, "Oh, this is what dominance are. This is this location. You know, this is what this character's doing. You know, all that kind of stuff. That's really nice. Um, especially it's a way that they don't have to sit here and dialogue all that out to introduce everybody yeah. when they're already in the middle of a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. But you know, you get through this area with some shit popping off as a Titan and I think Efruits are sort of fighting around this battlefield and fucking shit yeah. up as your uh, your group is trying to get around and do whatever they're supposed to do. Uh, yeah. Then it flashes back to Clive's uh, I think teenage years uh, where uh, they sense that this war is happening and he's sort of getting his training to become uh, whatever, a servant of the Dominant, yeah. uh, which happens to be his little brother because the whole thing is uh he was tried out as a dominance as if he would take on the the dominance whatever essence uh mm. and fails that, so his mom treats him like shit mm. uh, but the the king uh also failed in mm. his test, so he is more mm. more uh interested in being nice to his son uh and knows that he can be a good fighter and all that, so you're doing your tutorial learning the combat and all that uh and that stuff works pretty well. Uh, for that. So, yeah, again, you can do all that uh, informational stuff when you pause to see, like, oh, who are, this? who are these people? What's up with the kid? And the kid very much reminds me of the kid from the uh, a Plague Tale games. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's very much a young kid who's very much probably not ready for whatever is going to happen here, but, you know, has to do it anyway, mm-hmm. because the circumstances dictate You know, that's what needs to be done. Um, But, yeah, there's... The the nice thing I saw is that you'll see, like, brights, like, uh, blue. uh, Things around the environment that are items that you go pick up, but you don't have to, like, run and pick them up. Like, click on them. You just walk near them, and they just zoom to you. So when it's, like, gill or potions or whatever, you just run over and then run back uh, without really... Any need to, as far as I've seen so far, there's been no chests or anything like that to deal with. Uh, it's just like, oh, there's this flashing thing. I'll go figure out how to get it kind of stuff. But uh, I've gone through a bit of the combat stuff, which uh, as you go on your first mission with a, a crew oh. uh, and fighting a lot of goblins who are like the ugliest fucking things I've seen in a Final Fantasy game in a long time. Oh. Um but yeah, that's the demo's worth checking out, especially if you're interested in seeing if you give a damn about the game. I've seen a mm. lot of people are like, I didn't I didn't really have any particular interest in this, but I played that demo and like at the end decided to pre-order it right away mm. kind of stuff. So people are getting into that game uh, from what the demo shows, and you can carry your stuff over from the demo. Uh, I don't know if they have any bonuses for beating it or just having a save, but... I know it's the, the first two chapters, mm-hmm. so I don't think I've even gotten through the first chapter yet. But, yeah, it seems really well polished and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just some like accessibility things I would have liked, uh, like being able to turn off or minimize the camera shake, because with like, Titan fighting around, the camera just literally shakes a bunch, so I'm like just trying not to focus on anything, because it's just going to... Uh, let things settle down so I know where the fuck I'm trying to like, go and look at uh, in that area. So there's a couple things like that, but nothing really too annoying or anything like that. But I definitely see the influence of both Game of Thrones and the, the 2018 God of War uh, on that stuff. So, yeah, that looks neat. Final Fantasy 16. demos out now on PS5. Uh, there's Jusant, which was announced in I think the the Xbox showcase on Sunday. Uh, this is the next one of the next Don't Nod games. Uh, it is I think this is just a Steam demo for the time being, uh, but it's coming to PS Five and Xbox Series X. Uh, this is the one demo where I did not record a video, or, or I tried to record a video, but it did not work out because it is one of those games that is intensive enough that's uh, trying to even turned down all the settings to uh, make it work better. Uh, it was running fine for me, but the recording was just not working at, at all. It was just constantly freezing up. So I just decided not to bother with that. But uh, the game itself is kind of a, a rock climbing game. Uh, there's some sort of like an environmental message to it because uh, I think this is an area that uh, used to be underwater and the water has receded uh for some reason probably climate change uh it very much looks like a, a little bit of a mad max kind of area uh but you're climbing this climbing this giant tower uh and uh looking around uh finding you know some story bits uh around there but also the the climbing is kind of a mix of uh, i would say maybe grow home the the ubisoft little series And uh, the climbing stuff that was in Astro's playroom. Uh, A little bit of that because you're using your left trigger and right trigger to, uh, and the analog stick to move your arm to grab onto a hold as you pull yourself up. uh, And then, you know, use the other one to move your other arm, that kind of thing, back and forth. Um, There's stamina for uh, your arms or your right arm, maybe, I think is the only one I saw. But uh, so then you, at times, maybe. Just want to, like, let go of your uh, right trigger uh, so that your arm can kind of uh, be uh, free a little bit to regain some stamina there. Uh, but there's, you know, points where if you're pushing yourself too much while you're climbing, your stamina meter kind of uh, loses a bit of its uh, potential, you know, fullness on that bar. Uh, you get your cap lowered, I guess. Um, but yeah, you're kind of planting the little pythons, whatever they're called, uh, in the rock uh, as well as there's some designated areas for that stuff so that if you mess up trying to make a big jump or whatever, you know, you're not going to lose too much progress. Mm. Um, and then you can just, when you get up to the, the ledge, up to, you know, a free space, you can pull down the, the circle button or B button and pull them all back uh, so they don't really... They get realistic in some aspects and others are just like, "Ah, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. That kind of thing. But uh, it seems really neat. Uh, It's a very kind of chill game from what I've played so far. Uh, I assume there'll probably be some tension in making big jumps and all that kind of stuff. But uh, from what it's shown so far, uh, it looks really neat. It has a nice style to it. Then you get that little creature with you that has like a, a butt face. So, there you go. Chusant, PS5, Xbox Series, X, and S, and <S mm. PC. Uh, this demo is only on Steam, as far as I know right now. Mm. Uh, let's see. Wizard with a Gun is one of the new Devolver digital games. Uh, this is a, uh, a fairly standard kind of genre. Uh, a roguelite uh, survival game uh, where you're collecting a lot of materials, almost like a mix of maybe Don't Starve and... Uh, maybe uh, a fairly standard, like dual stick shooter, rub kind of game Mm -hmm. to it. Um, You're one of these wizards. They show like a handful of them early on. Uh, I think you saw that in the the trailer or there's like a, a little bit of music to it of these characters sort of approaching this area where chaos is reigning supreme and about to end the world. And you find a means to get to this tower where you can reset time and, uh, Along the way, you're sort of gathering materials to repair machines in that that little tower area uh, outside of time. uh, Finding place, you know, building little chests to store some of your extra materials for safekeeping. Uh, You get a little book uh, that is sort of your your codex, which you use like a gun to uh, scan items so that they can be things you can potentially build, whether it's decorative items or, you know, machines and stuff use uh or build or whatever. Uh so mm-hmm. it's a lot of uh a lot of stuff where you're kind of uh, going out shooting some enemies, uh getting some materials, uh going back into your tower to use those materials to build the next thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you're building guns, you get skills uh to get more types of bullets and you know other machines and such you can put in your tower area. That kind of stuff. So like I had uh fire bullets for my gun, but there's also like poison bullets and uh I forgot the other two were. Uh but there's some of the stuff that you're able to unlock. So that seems really neat. I forget when that's supposed to be coming out. I think it's later this year. Juice on Slater this year. Um so yeah, it has a really nice look to it. Uh but yeah, that's uh that's a fun demo. Uh, has seems to have more than what I played, uh, but I played enough for, like to get to the, the the core loop and I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. I'll maybe play a little more, but I might just wait for the game to come out to yeah. so that. Uh and the last one, Botany Manor. Uh this is one that I think is uh coming to Switch PC and I think it just got an Xbox announcement at some time recently. Um may have been on a PC gaming show or something, So I don't think it was on either of the Xbox showcases, but I saw a tweet about them uh, announcing an Xbox version. I think it'll be on Game Pass, maybe. Uh, But this is sort of a narrative adventure game, but more focused on uh, maybe the puzzle parts of that stuff. Uh, But you are sort of uh, taking over this manner where you are trying to fill out this herbarium book of mm-hmm. flowers. And uh, you're often like looking around the areas for evidence of like how they need like the elements they need to grow, that kind of stuff as you try and figure out sort of what you need to do. And, like the first one, you're stuck in this uh, a greenhouse that's full of smog. And so you find this uh you know, postcard, it's like, oh, here, I'm in Sicily and I uh, found this seed for a plant that's, you know, able to process, you know, shitty air and, you know, clean it kind of thing. And it's like, oh, that's convenient. Um, but you have to like investigate like uh, some of the information around like, okay, how, what's, where is this plant from? Mm-hmm. What temperatures does it need? Because you might have to set a boiler to, Uh, pump out some heated air because it comes from a volcanic area kind of thing. And then, you know, you're uh, planting it in a a pot and giving it some water and then figuring out, you know, all that kind of stuff to get this thing to grow. And then it clears up the smog and, you know, the door unlocks so you can get to the manor itself uh, and doing a second plant. And then that's when when the demo ends. I suspect that's a game that's probably not going to be too long from what the the book shows in the demo, but yeah. maybe they add more books or something. Uh, that's one that could be like three, four hours, but a fun three, four hours. Cause like the, the second flower requires you to do some chemistry stuff. Uh, though not as much, not as in-depth as I thought it was going to be. Cause it was like, Oh, you got to make this uh, certain material. It's two parts, this one part, this, and I was looking like, oh, okay, this has like 57 grams in this. So that means, I need, you know, 19 grams of this material and 38 of this. And it's like, no, you just hit the thing three times. Uh, two for the one that's, you know, on the two side and one for the other. Uh, it wasn't very involved as I thought it would be, but it still worked out. Uh, and there's like other places in this manner that are locked. So it's like, okay, you'll go there to work on other plants that are going on here and other parts of the, the grounds that are locked away as well. So it's got a nice vibe to it very chill but uh some cool stuff there so that one's also i think coming out later this year i could be wrong but uh i think that's another one that's later this year so yeah Mm -hmm. that's uh that's all the demos i've been playing uh looking forward to all of them i think so Mm. there you go how about you brandon what have you been playing
3: uh, well,
0: I have played and finished the campaign for Zelda
3: Tears of the Kingdom. Um, that last fight against Ganon is a bit of a marathon. Um, I would advise anyone who is, you know, getting ready to do that part of the game to really stock up on items that can, you know, uh, either cure you or, you know, keep you from being affected by gloom because not only is gloom like everywhere in that area leading up to Ganon, but Ganon himself, all of his attacks come with, uh, gloom effects on them. And that, that fight against him goes through like four different phases. Uh, it starts off with something basically vaguely more or less like, uh, the fight against phantom Ganon that you that you might've already encountered. Then the second one, he become he goes into something akin to, um, the multiple phantom Ganons, like what you did at the sanctuary in Hyrule Castle. Except this time, you're by yourself, uh, while all of your pals are, you know, trying to hold off enemies. Um, and then there's he then turns into the Demon King, and that is just a whole fucking just yeah, it's it's difficult. And then at the very end, he transforms into a dragon, um, like one of the various dragons that you see flying around Hyrule. But in this case, the light dragon kind of comes to assist you in the fight. So it's a lot more kind of spectacle than it is like an actual legit boss fight. But it's still difficult. Um, And keep in mind, if you die at any point, you have to go through all the phases again. So, yeah, Um, so I finished that. Um, I'm also playing another game that I can't talk about because I'm still under embargo. Just say I'm enjoying it, and it's fun, Um, and I like it a lot. And uh, I've also been playing Ultra Kill, which, of course, is the sort of cult boomer shooter that is about as grimdark as grimdark can be. (laughs) You're basically playing a combat robot that runs on blood as fuel in a dark apocalyptic future where humanity has all been eliminated because all the robots have killed all of the humans and all organic life in order to get their blood. And now they've decided to go through the curtains of death and descend into hell to get more blood to fuel themselves. Um... Graphically, it's very crude. It's very reminiscent of, like, you know, light 90s PC gaming, you know, Quake 2, that kind of thing, uh, System Shock 2. And yet, somehow, it's, it's, it's another example of how you can express a lot with just very little, because it can be surprisingly disturbing um, in spite of itself. Um, but, yeah, that's what I'm playing. So, Dan Reb, what about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been playing a whole bunch of stuff that uh both of you have been playing. Uh so I'll go ahead and get to it. So like you Brandon, I also uh finished the main campaign for Tears of the Kingdom.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: the game came out on May 12th and uh I would say I took my took my sweet time on it. Um I remember when Breath of the Wild came out, um I did take my time, but um I also like had like one of like the first reviews up for like sites that are like you know at our level like you know obviously we don't we don't get codes from nintendo so we didn't like have it up um on the first day like most people did but um yeah i was motivated by that and then when tears of the kingdom came out i said all right i'm gonna go ahead and take my time and the only reason why i felt a little bit rushed was because uh last week i, I received three codes uh for a bunch of like um embargo games that are two of them uplifted one of them have not and one of them is, is what you're playing right now brandon Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, maybe I should go ahead and get a move on and finish it. So, like, obviously, um, for the most part, even though you started it a little later, uh, a lot of our paths were pretty much mirrored. You know, you you, you got to Ganon uh, last week, um, and I got I, I got to him at, at around the same time. And, yeah, like you said, I would go ahead, if, if, if you haven't gotten there yet and you want to go ahead and, you know, fight Ganon, um, I would recommend stocking up on food or recipes that would allow you to um, – get some hearts back as a result of you losing them due to gloom so like just to reiterate the way gloom works is that it'll actually take away your heart container like that like you don't lose health you lose part of your maximum health and the only way you can get that back is to see sunlight and obviously in the depths of hyrule there's no sunlight so there's that Uh, my other recommendation would be to do what i did and save right before then and also leave a um, warp marker on there. That way, you can just decide to leave, stock up, stock up, and then go ahead and use the item, uh, or not use the item, but warp directly uh, where Ganon would be, so that you can go ahead and handle that. Uh, The main thing, though, is there are multiple phases to that fight. Um, Mm -hmm. When you get to the depth, you know you have like sort of a mini dungeon where you have to go ahead and go through all the gloom, but you also have to fight through armies and armies of um, the various enemies you you play through in the game. So there's Bakoblins. There's Gibdos. There's um, all the, all these things, and in my opinion, mm-hmm. this is actually this, this is actually where it's um, at its hardest because there is no way that you can like you know dodge fifty people at a time, and that's where you're gonna lose most of your health. At least that, that's what it was mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then when I got to Ganon or Ganon Dorf, I should say, um, yeah the the boss fights are obviously hard, but you only have one person to focus on, so it's easy in that regard. And yeah, I did die maybe three times. But once yeah. I figured out that I just really had to change the way that I was fighting, um, it honestly became a piece of kick. So as long as you master the Flurry Rush, which is done by doing a side dodge right when Ganon attacks you, and then yeah. you can go ahead and use the Flurry Rush to, you know, use it as a counterattack to get some good damage in. And when you're using the Master Sword, obviously you're going to get a lot of damage in that way. So that's the first phase, you know, after three Flurry Rushes, we'll, 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 we'll go ahead and do it. And mm-hmm. then the second phase is um, a lot like the Phantom Ganon fight that you mentioned from uh, the first time you go into Hyrule Castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that one, though, because you have uh, your friends helping you, you don't even really have to focus on any of the Phantoms. You can just go ahead and focus on Ganon himself. And again, it's just a matter of getting the dodge right at the right time and then hitting him with a flurry rush. Three will do it. And then all of a sudden you go into his, um, his penultimate phase where he's... Uh, um, the, the Demon King. And then yep. uh, from there, um, the dodge mechanic still works, but the Flurry Rush doesn't because he actually dodges each and every one of your sword strikes. Mm-hmm. And the way uh, the, the way I actually handled this fight is whenever he uh, blew these um, energy balls at me and, and the ones from above, you can go ahead and bat them back the way you would in Ocarina of Time or Wind Waker mm-hmm. any that Phantom a appeared. And like, yeah, that was definitely uh, an, a, a nostalgic way to do it. And, um but it also took really, really long because, as I mm. mentioned, like, he dodges all of your sword strikes until you get around to maybe 25% of his health left and he becomes weaker in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, by the time I figured that out, like, yeah, again, it took me like three or four tries, but by the time I got there, I probably lost two hearts maximum. Not to mention, I had some fairies just in case, uh, you know, things didn't go so well. And what, what the fairies do is like, then it's, it's like the previous games. If you die, Um, They'll revive you with five hearts, and the cool thing about them is they'll actually give you two of the ones that you lost from Gloom in case you ended up, like, getting all of your hearts gloomed away. And then, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, the dragon fight, um, I didn't think you'd go that far because i consider that a a massive spoiler, but, you know, Um, either way, like, the whole thing is a spectacle. Uh, That last part of the fight isn't hard at all. All you gotta do is land on them and just go ahead and get the hits in the right place. And let me tell you, like, a lot of people are going to not really avoid Ganon, but they're really gonna like, you know, face Ganon when they feel like there's nothing else to do. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, if you wanna fight him, if, if you wanna do it early, like, by all means, because in my opinion, this is probably the most impressive final boss you'll ever face in any Zelda game. I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time I've used a screenshot so, um, option so much uh, when playing through this. Like, it is absolutely beautiful. Every, every moment, every hit. Um, you know, uh with, with like the final cutscenes when, you know, um all of Hyrule is rejoicing and Link is just looking cool. Like, you know, I would recommend that you put on gear where you don't mind going ahead and taking a few screenshots because th- this is a moment that you'll definitely or this is a bunch of moments that you'll definitely really want to savor just because like man, like everything about it was great, everything about it was epic. I mean, I'm sure both of you have finished uh The Wind Waker, like mm-hmm. uh, until now, I never thought anything was better than link just going ahead and stabbing Ganon in in, in the forehead um mm. the moment here is just it's just even better, so yeah, I mean like you know play play the game however you want to play it, but um don't you know don't overrate the fact that the ending is you know gonna be the ending like yeah that that, that mm-hmm. that'll that'll probably be the case but it's epic. Every moment is earned. And if you thought the beginning of this game was great, the ending of the game of the game is probably up there, if not even better. So, yeah. Um, this game is definitely up there as far as all the games I've ever played, and you know, I am, uh, I don't know. I just feel like we're lucky to just even have, have gotten a chance to play it, e- even given how, how long we waited for it. It was definitely worth the wait, and I'm definitely happy to have played this game. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, next up is Dordogne. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. mentioned this, uh, a while ago, he, he's been playing it as well. So I actually finished it. There's a review up on Smash And yeah, the game is not incredibly long. It's been maybe around four hours long. Um, I think there's around six chapters there, and each one only requires about 45 minutes to finish. And yeah, it's it's, it's a narrative adventure, a lot of point-and-click action. Um, the art style, like I said, is reminiscent of children's storybooks of all the watercolor and stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I, I had a good time playing it. The main thing, though, is that um, I did run it... Uh, into a few bugs that were a little bit awkward. Like, there are some points in the game where you do more than just point and click. Like, for example, there's one scene where you have to uh, go underwater and find lost items, and in that, you have to use, like, both analog sticks, and there was a point where the Mm -hmm. left analog stick wasn't working, and I had to restart the game, so that was a little bit annoying. Um, And then, I'm not sure if this game actually requires you to beat it twice to get all the achievements, um, but... The main thing here is that after you beat it, or after I beat it, I had about, like, 50% left. And it wasn't because... Um, there are a few where it's it's an either-or thing, um, but there are definitely um, some that are just, just easy to miss. And the unfortunate part is that there's no chapter selection. After you beat the game and you want to go ahead and clean stuff up, you have to start over again. And, uh, yeah, I absolutely have no interest in doing that. Um, like, the game, obviously, like... or it's not obviously but the game does have a good story but it's not so good that I want to experience it twice just because like a lot mm. of the game too simplistic and uh, rough at the same time in order for me to want to go do it another four hours not to mention the other stuff that I want to spend time on um, but yeah um, at like 15-20 bucks I would uh, value the game at around there otherwise yeah the game is free on Game Pass so it's an easy recommendation if you need a change of pace especially after playing a game like Tears of the Kingdom um, you know you want to be able to breathe a little bit and Dorjornia is a a uh, good way to go about that. Um, I also finished another game that came out, I think, last week or the week before. Um, it's called mm-hmm. Hello Good Boy. Um, this one came out on both the PC and Switch. I don't believe it's out on PlayStation yet. And this one is, other, is another simplistic. Um, it's not really a point and click. It's more of a puzzling side-scroller. And it's about this kid who is, like, going through some stuff in his life, and he's dreaming, and he runs into a dog. And this dog just is basically his guide uh, throughout um, throughout this hallway where he has to just solve problems for the people uh, or the characters in them. So when you're at this hall, you uh, come across the different seasons. There's spring, summer, fall, winter. And then the dog gives you this, um, this hourglass where you go ahead and tap it. And these represent the decisions you make. So it's a lot like Life is Strange or other games like that where, you know, you have to be wise with your decisions. But at the same time, there's no wrong one. Um, and yeah, you use them, uh, in the levels that, um, you play through and the levels are really short. There may be about, you know, 30, 30 minutes each. And, um, the ones that I played through, I started off with, um, I started off with the summer and I ran into a porcupine who was crying because the porcupine, uh, Uh, wanted to be hugged, and I have the option to hug him or not hug him, but, you know, who's going to hug a porcupine? I'll get hurt if I did that. So I didn't want to hug him. So I moved on, and then I came across a park that was um, all messed up, so I had to clean it up, and I cleaned up the park. And then I found a slide that was broken, and the dog also gave me these tools uh, that I can use to fix things. So a screwdriver um, has a little mini game where um, you want to be able to press it at the right moment so that you don't overscrew something. Um, There's also a saw where you have to use the left. uh, You have to tap left and right on the analog stick in order to solve something properly. And um, yeah, some simplistic stuff like that. And you go ahead and um, solve these problems, or you can actually just choose not to. Um, The dog only wants you to be a quote unquote good boy. And then Mm -hmm. I run across this girl who uh, wants her slide to be fixed, and she wants a friend. So knowing that she wants a friend, I ended up going back to the beginning of the level to the porcupine telling the porcupine, oh, this girl needs a friend. And cool, uh, they're happy. And then all of a sudden, the girl is like, I'm, I'm so happy, I'm going to give the porcupine a hug. And then the porcupine got his hug. And yeah, so um, everybody in that season was happy, so I decided to move on to winter. And you know, we have we have some similar, <clears throat> similar basic problems here. Uh, we have this uh, polar bear who is building snowmen that represent his family. And um, yeah, you just go ahead and let him do that. You can go ahead and clean up some um snow in the lampposts to make sure that the uh, that the uh, building is, is is well lit again um and then you eventually come across a grandma who is sleeping outside in the cold because she wants to cook but the problem is her her stove is not working so you go ahead and fix that she makes you some soup and um i gave the soup over to the polar bear who eventually became a panda bear um mm-hmm. and yeah It's a whole bunch of like really, really basic stuff. And it all leads up to the end game in which uh, you end up going as just dark dog. And all of a sudden, like this dark dog, it it turns into a sort of a turn-based RPG. And um, what gives you the strength to move on is making all those other folks happy. Now, I just said that I beat the game, but I only ended up playing through uh, summer and winter. That's because uh, with the hourglass we have, you can only play two levels. So you play two levels. Uh, you beat the final boss, you beat the game, and you know, the game tells you that's not the real ending. So you go ahead and go back, and then you beat the other two dungeons you didn't do before, and yeah, you get the real ending that way. I don't know if I would say it's really worth it, especially since the Switch doesn't have any achievements. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a heartwarming game that you know any age can do, whether it be a, a young child, because obviously a lot of these problems are you know pretty dumb, and like they aren't really what you'd expect from a video game. Or, like, you can be, you know, um, an older adult or, or an adult, you know, so, such as myself, and you can really just um, appreciate how wholesome it is. But but the main thing is uh, the game is really about loss. And, you know, I'm um, not going to go into too much detail here, but, you know, losing a pet is not easy. You know, um, going through certain things as you're a kid as you go, on to go into adulthood is not easy. And a lot of it is, like, understanding how to gain from loss. And, mm. yeah, I really appreciated the story it was trying to tell. I wouldn't say they said it, they, they told it in the best way, because I, I feel like a lot of the puzzles and stuff that the game put me through were were, were meaningless. Uh, mm. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's another nice power cleanser, especially after playing playing t- playing. Yeah, um, moving on here, um, I also played and finished the Final Fantasy sixteen demo. And I am one of the people that Chris mentioned where, <clears throat> you know, um, I wouldn't really consider myself a huge Final Fantasy fan anymore, uh, just because, like... My time has uh, come and gone, uh, just based on the way the series has changed. Uh, unlike people like Pat, I don't I don't play um, FF14, so I don't really have you know that knowledge base with me. And mm-hmm. I do know that my favorites were all on the Super Nintendo. Um, I didn't hate Final Fantasy 15 as much as a lot of other people did. I just feel like the way it played made it not Final Fantasy. And mm-hmm. the main thing that I was looking for with 16. Um, Aside from the fact that, like that, that it felt like it was it that, that it had some of the charm, and it actually does. So, as Chris mentioned, like the the game is definitely more mature uh, than you know you come to expect. Then again, it it is an M rated game, so there's that. It does follow Game of Thrones to a certain extent. Like the the language is very much Game of Thrones, even though we've seen probably half the series go through medieval times.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, uh, for those of you that played Final Fantasy re- uh, Seven Remake. Like, the the girls in there, like Tifa and Aerith, like, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be suggestive in their own, like, um, little charming ways, but the, the women in Final Fantasy sixteen are literally, like, mounting men. Like, yeah, like, they're, this game is unapologetic um, as far as being an Emorya game. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: But uh, at the same time, uh, everything from the music to the way the story is told is very reminiscent of, like, the way it was um, done a long time ago. With the main difference being the fact that it's a fully action-based battle system now. So, you know, um you, you have a melee button, you have a magic button, you have a dodge, um, and all this stuff. And all of it feels super responsive. I think this is like everything that Final Fantasy 15 was trying to be, but for some reason they just couldn't pull it off, even though it's not really that hard to think of a modern control system that works. Especially considering like, you know, you have games like uh the the Tales games where they totally work or even kingdom hearts and yeah yeah, it feels like they really learned all their lessons from all these previous games and um from what i played uh yeah i was just amazed from start to finish um yes i was uh a little caught off guard and a little bit confused by like all the families there were in the game um but you know it's, it's the same thing with game of thrones and if you go ahead and do the research like you'll you'll see what it is um there is this button that you can press that pretty much explains, you know, the setting and some of the characters that you just came across. Um, It's not so much like a summary of, like, what you did when you last played, but it's just more of a better understanding of what you're going through at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So with this game, you know, like like Chris mentioned, you have the little prince who you're actually um, uh, supposed to uh, defend. And that prince, yeah, he's very reminiscent of that kid in the Playtail games. Like, he sounded just as whiny. Um, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have caught me off guard if the kitty yelled Amicia, like anytime he needed something. But um, it was cool just seeing how all of these characters interact with each other. And yeah, like it seems like this is like the Final Fantasy that we've been waiting for and what we wanted games like 13 to be. So I think it's where we're headed uh, on, on the right path with that. If I had any complaint though, uh, it's the fact that the world map is actually a menu. Um, I don't know right. if there are any uh, plans to, like, change this up a little bit. Because, like, even when you compare it to something like, I don't know, um, The Legend of Heroes, where there isn't really a world map. Like, you just go ahead and do everything by foot, but eventually it gives you access to things, that, uh, to all the places eventually, like, through the form of, of a ship. You know, yeah. it, it kind of feels like that right away. But I do like, I do like a sense of exploration in, in, in my RPGs, and I'm not sure if 16 will have that. So that's what was disappointing. But aside from that, like the story, the presentation, the the combat system, it all works for me. And then um, another big thing is the uh, the summon fights. So I'm sure like we've all seen the trailers of uh, you know Phoenix fighting Ifrit or whatever it may be. So you actually get one of those fights from the get-go. And it feels like an unreal shooter. So, you know, giving me a little bit of Star Fox or like Panzer Dragoon while I'm playing Final Fantasy sixteen is not uh is not a bad thing to me. Um, mm. While it's not as involved as Star Fox, it's not as bad as the gummy ship in um, uh, in Kingdom Hearts either. So, like, there, there, there's a lot of interesting points in this game, and the two hours that I took to finish it did not take two hours at all. So, as soon as I finished the game, yes, I went ahead and pre ordered it, and it, it is now my most anticipated game of the year. You know, I don't expect it to, like, you know, be uh, even in the, the same class as uh, Tears of the Kingdom, but I don't remember the last time I've been this excited for Final Fantasy. And this demo was a big reason why, and it's probably the best demo that, I, that I've ever played. So you know, um, I have almost nothing but praise for it, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to play it. Um, one of the coolest things that I did was um, in in the first battle, or something you notice later, but uh, after you guys know the the Final Fantasy uh, victory theme, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, you, you get that after a boss fight, but it's. Um, so it's it's only after a boss fight and it's done in like a church choir style. So it's kind of like the Halo theme, except you know it's Final Fantasy and I was like, "Wow, this is epic. It definitely feels like Final Fantasy and you know, modern but old-time and it's definitely, you know, what I wanted there. You also have a little bit of hints of the of the crystal music, the uh, that, that you get from the from the menus in in the original game. And like, yeah, all of that is just the chef's kiss to me and I I, I hope it really works out with the final product. So again, really excited about that. Um, the last thing I want to mention is uh, because I've been playing a lot of these games on PS5 uh, late into the night. Um, I also got a backbone um, for, uh, you know, my phones and I got the PlayStation one. So it pretty much just turns my phones into a um, PlayStation controller. And I'm actually mm-hmm. really surprised at how the remote play works. Um, I don't have the best internet connection at home. Um, so the fact that I was able to just, you know, plug it in, uh, go ahead and have my phone search for my PS5 and just go ahead and play, maybe after a minute or two of, of the, of uh my phone looking for it, it was really impressive. Um, the main thing I, that I didn't like is that, you know, you have to download um, certain apps to use, uh, to use it in the first place, and they try to nickel and dime you with a whole bunch of, like, subscription services that I don't really need because I don't really play games on my phone to begin with. But, yeah, mm-hmm. using my uh, phone as a second screen and having, like, the, the ability to use buttons and just turn my TV off and play PS5 that way, especially with all the RPGs I've been playing, uh, has been a godsend. Um, it, it hasn't helped me from, um, you know, dropping the phone on on my face when I'm playing uh, super late and falling asleep that way. But it's 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 nice to know that I have that option. And like, yeah, I know that um, PlayStation has uh, their handheld thing coming up like whenever it decides to come out. But for what we have now, the hundred bucks was, dead, was was definitely well served. Um, it seems sturdy. It's comfortable to hold. The buttons click very nicely and I'm liking it a lot. So if you're looking into the PlayStation backbone for any of your mobile devices, and, uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: Awesome. All right. So yeah, let's get to some news. Yep. Yeah. Uh first up here, it is uh almost time here for uh the new PlayStation Plus catalog lineup uh that's been announced for June 20th here on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for whatever reason, the blog post on PlayStation blog does not oh now they just added all the games. Okay. Mm. Uh uh, earlier, they just posted like six games that were on this list. So, uh, but yeah, the the highlight here is a new release for PlayStation. Uh, Rogue Legacy 2 mm-hmm. is finally coming to PlayStation on Tuesday for PS5 and PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll also be on the uh, PlayStation Plus Extra mm-hmm. tier. Um, let's see what else is here. There is Far Cry 6 for PS5 and PS4. So you can check out the most uh, recent Far Cry game. Awesome. So there you go for that. Uh, let's see. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge for PS5 and PS4. Uh, that'll be a fun one for people that have not checked that out yet. Oh, Because oh, uh, yeah. that is a very good game. Mm-hmm. For a reason the PS5 and PS4 versions are not cross by, they like the the PS4 version runs at 60 FPS. They just released a PS5 version that's don't get a free upgrade on that so i think you'll be able to play both of them for uh extra trophies if you want to on that front so that's a little weird but bonus there but uh there you go on that there's inscription for ps4 and ps5 Uh, inscription is a very good uh sort of mix of let's say escape room elements with a card battling system uh, a little bit of like a Uh, You know, a roguelite card builder, deck builder, whatever uh, kind of system that has some really cool elements to that. And then let's say it uh, changes up at a certain point to do something else uh, similar but different. Uh, So that's one of those games where you should go in cold and not read up too much on it uh, because the the surprises are nice to see on that stuff. So that's one to check out there. Uh, There's Solstice. For PS5. Uh, this is a Souls Like. I think it has had uh, a premium trial on PS Plus. Uh, so uh, I have not gone into actually checking it out, but uh, it's supposed to be a pretty solid game from what I've seen. So uh, there's one to check out uh, for PS4. There's Tacoma, uh, one of the uh, most recent games from the uh studio did Gone Home. Uh, unfortunately, if you have Fulbright, that unfortunately has had a lot of uh, uh, toxicity issues uh, with the the founder of the studio. Uh, but this is where you can check it out without giving them money. So there you go on that front. Uh, that's like a, a narrative adventure game uh, set in the space station. So. There you go on that. Uh, let's see. Next up here for PS4, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided. Square Enix. All right. I don't know. If it technically wouldn't be Square Enix anymore, but I think this game still is. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's the, the most recent Deus Ex game uh, that is uh, pretty solid for what it is. Uh, so you can check that one out. Uh, also for PS4, there's Killing Floor 2. Uh, that's one of those sort of... Uh, Co-op focused games, uh live servicey stuff. So you can check that one out. A lot of zombie killing and all that kind of stuff. Uh also for PS4, there's Lonely Mountain Downhill. that has been on Game Pass for a bit, but it's sort of a, a downhill biking game. Uh very kind of low poly art style to it, but uh very challenging and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's one to check out if you want something like that.
1: Cool.
0: Uh, let's see, also for PS4, Vampire the Masquerade, Coteries of New York. Yep. Uh, not 100% sure what kind of game this is. It's uh, it's not the main Vampire the Masquerade games, like the RPG stuff. I think this is more visual novel kind of mm. stuff here. Uh, so you can get the, the story flavor of that. Uh, so you can check that out. Mm. Maybe in the hopes that Vampire the Masquerade 2 comes out at some point in this decade. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. uh, PS5 and PS4, 100 days winemaking simulator. I think this is one I've been kind of looking at uh, a bit here. But you are running a winery. uh, And you're kind of managing sort of what you're planting, I think, in different parts of it. Uh, That kind of stuff. Uh, Supposed to be pretty good Mm. uh, for what it is. So that's one if you're into kind of tycoon simulation kind of stuff. uh, That's one to check out. There, uh, let's see, also for PS4, A Hat in Time. Uh, if you like the mechanics of a Super Mario Sunshine, but maybe not the game. Uh, this is a game that is all mechanics uh, of that kind of stuff. The sliding on your stomach as a, a means of really getting around fast in these areas. Uh, that kind of stuff that is a pretty good platformer, 30, uh, 3D platformer from an indie studio. Uh, for that, so that's one that's worth checking out. There's Carto for the PS4. Uh, this is another indie game that... Uh, let me see what this is. I think it's a... Yeah, it's sort of a puzzle adventure kind of game. Uh, that's supposed to be pretty good. I believe this is one that uh, Nick Suttner did some story stuff for among other people that worked on that game, so that's one's got a very nice style to it. And is worth checking out. All right. uh, there's Forager for the PS4. This is like a uh, kind of a survival um, crafting game, essentially. Uh, where you're kind of on the, these kind of squares of land in this ocean. And as you're uh, doing upgrades and such and completing these quests that you're getting, uh, you get new pieces of land added to your landmass. And that brings opportunities for, uh, you know, growing uh, new plants and getting new materials and all this kind of stuff as you're kind of continually solving puzzles and doing quests and fighting enemies and all that kind of stuff to uh, maximize your area and all your equipment and all that kind of stuff. So that's one you can also check out. Uh, Also for PS4 is Dodgeball Academia. Uh, I believe this is sort of a dodgeball RPG kind of game. Uh, So that's one you can check out there. Uh, The Wild at Heart. I believe this one is more of an indie uh, JRPG kind of game. Uh, Maybe more puzzle, action-adventure kind of game. No, there's battles. Okay, there's like a little bit of Pokemon. Pokemon and like action-adventure stuff, I guess. Or maybe it's more Pikmin. This one's, yeah, this one's more Pikmin-esque. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I remember trying that out for a little bit. That seems neat. Uh, so you can check that out. There's Red Out 2 for PS5 and PS4. That's sort of a Wipeout-ish kind of game. Uh, so if you've been looking for one of those, you can check that out. There's Thief for the PS4. Uh, sort of a, a reboot of the Thief series, uh, but one that not a lot of people liked. So there's that. There's another sort of Square Enix game on there. Uh, MX vs. ATV Legends, one of the most recent releases in that series. Uh, For PS5 and PS4. uh, You know, with Motocross and ATV uh, four-wheelers that you can race around uh, for that. Uh, Let's see, for kid-friendly stuff, there's Paw Patrol Mighty Pups Save Adventure Bay for PS4 and PS5. There's My Friend Peppa Pig for PS4 and PS5. And there's DC League of Super Pets, The Adventures of Crypto and Ace for PS4 and PS5. uh, That you can check out there. And uh, yeah, a couple more here. The Talos Principle Deluxe Edition for PS4 and PS5. Uh, so if you have not uh, played that game, the sequel's coming out uh, later this year, and this is uh, a good time to check out the first game, kind of get the vibes that is uh, in there. So there you go for that. That's the sort of a Portal-esque kind of first-person puzzle game, uh, though obviously not using portals. A lot more uh, setting up these... Uh, like, tripods of lasers and such for a lot of the stages. So there's that. There's Alex Two, which I think is, like, a an open-world RPG kind of thing from a, an Eastern European studio, I believe. So one of those kind of games. And then Conan Exiles for PS4 and PS5, uh, which is sort of a, a survival-crafting kind of game. Yep. Uh, that's all right. It's all right, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really capitalize too much on the property. Itself, at least the cool parts of it. You know, other
3: than, you know, the violence and gratuitous nudity, if you're lucky yeah. enough to have a PC version.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's one of those games where you're expecting probably more action, but you're probably not going to get to that for a while. You're just trying to survive and get to a decent place there, but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, for the classics catalog that's exclusive to Premium, uh, there's the PSP game Killzone Liberation. Uh, mm. A very cool kind of a Killzone game that's uh, literally is not a first-person shooter and tries something a little bit different and works out pretty well uh, for that. There's PS1 game Worms, the original Worms, so there you go. It's the third Worms game you got access to. Have you yeah. had enough of that? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also for the PS1, Herx Adventures, which uh, I had to look it up. That's the LucasArts game, not, a, not based on the Disney Hercules thing. Nope. Um, yeah, remember, it seems like an action adventure, top down kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, one that's pretty well liked. Uh, so there you go for that. And then the, the last one here is Coded Soul, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a PSP game, yeah, an RPG uh, that came out of uh, Japan Studio. Uh, from Sony, so that's neat. Um, yeah, this is uh, also Gaia that worked on folklore and Monster Kingdom Jewel Summoner, uh, so that kind of stuff. So that's neat, probably a pretty decent uh RPG thing. I think this one's only came out in Japan, so yeah, we did not get this over here in the US. So I'm curious if there's any sort of localization on that or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, so I'll have to see how that goes. Uh, they also mentioned a, a PS Plus premium game trial for WWE 2K23 uh, on the PS4. It will be available on June 20th, so if you have a PS4, and want to check that game out, so you can check it out uh, later this week. Uh, but yeah, they also mentioned that this is, I think, the, the one-year anniversary of the new PS Plus uh, mm-hmm. setup, so they've got some contest stuff you can Enter to win some stuff for PS5, PSVR 2, some stuff like that. They're going to have a free online multiplayer weekend uh, for this weekend coming up. uh, As well as some other stuff going on with that. And they also mentioned in the article that they are uh, announcing that they are currently testing cloud streaming for supported PS5 games. Mm -hmm. uh, Which includes PS5 titles from the PS Plus game catalog. And game trials, as well as supported digital PS5 titles that players own. Uh, when this feature launches, cloud game streaming for supported PS5 titles will be available for use directly on your PS5 consoles. Uh, so you can kind of get into some of these games a little bit faster uh, without having to download them. So you can kind of get to them a little bit quicker. Uh, so that's neat. That seems like I'll stay as a premium feature like the the other streaming stuff is for PS4 and PS3 games. So, there you go. Some neat stuff there. And a cool. pretty good lineup of classic stuff and uh other games to check out.
2: Yeah, this is definitely a more than usual uh lineup for the month. I've had my eyes on the inscription for a long time. I never bought it, then it's like I could finally try that out now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and especially I think it would uh some of the ways they change things up for later parts of that game will probably uh, be up your alley as well, so
1: mm.
0: there you go for that. Uh, yeah, we already mentioned the Final Fantasy 16 demo's out now, so you can check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the first two chapters of the game, your saves can transfer over. Uh, all that fun stuff, so you can uh, check that out. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Nintendo's, Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pack is getting a new game for the GBA app. Uh, it is Fire Emblem. The very cool. first Fire Emblem game to come over to the U.S. Uh, North America, uh, and arguably my favorite. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, a very kind of simple style to it. Yeah, uh, I really like some of the characters you get early on with Lynn and Ellwood, and uh, I forget who else is in that game. Hector. Yeah, uh, some really cool characters for that. And now you can play it with save states and rewind. So when you mm-hmm. fuck shit up. Uh, you can rewind or go back to a previous save state and undo that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, that'll be available on June 22nd, so Thursday.
2: Yeah, Yeah, uh, definitely an easy recommendation for anybody who wants to watch the series. Chronologically, chronologically, this was the first one that the U.S. got, but not exactly the first one in the series. So what confused a lot of people was that in Super Smash Bros. Melee, if you guys remember, Marth and Roy were secret characters in the game, and they were featured on the Zelda stage. No one in the US who knew what Fire Emblem was. Even who these guys were so. When this game out, when when this game came out, it was a little surprising that um, none of these ga- characters were actually in the game. Well, actually, one was, but it's kind of a spoiler. But um, yeah, so if you ever wanted to see like an early look at Fire Emblem, this is. A- it's a little unfortunate because the Japanese ended up getting the game with Roy in it, uh, as well as this mm-hmm. one. So, um, it would have been nice to see a translation there, but you know, I'm not gonna. Um, yeah, I think I believe this was the seventh game in the series, and it was definitely a really uh, fun one to play. Uh, mm-hmm. It has all the, the original um, features that people who love the series now um, have what it's known for. So yeah, definitely a great game if you haven't tried it out yet.
0: Cool. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. You can check that out later this week. Mm-hmm. And for next week, on June 29th, PowerWash Simulator's first Hey, DLC, the SpongeBob SquarePants special pack uh, mm-hmm. will be releasing. I'm excited yeah. for that. Uh, eight bucks for it. You get six new maps uh, featuring Conk Street, the Bikini Bottom Bus, the Krusty Krab, the Paddy Wagon, the Invisible Boatmobile, and the Mermelair, Uh, as well as ten new achievements and trophies for the game. Okay. Uh, so that's cool. Looking forward to more of this and yeah, it's uh seems like they've done a very good job with this uh, pack, uh, especially the the visual treatment as they've gotten the look down uh, very well for the the SpongeBob stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, since that is a style that looks nothing like what's in the the base game itself. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's uh something I'll definitely be checking out next week. Oh. Uh, be at yeah, four next month on July twentieth the Might and Magic Clash of Heroes Definitive Edition will finally be releasing. Uh, this is the sort of remaster of the HD versions of the DS, you know, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes game. Uh, they did console versions for PS3 and Xbox 360 and PC. That uh, changed up a little bit of how it worked and because you couldn't do a dual screen setup for uh you know TVs and monitors, mm. uh, so they changed it up a little bit, but it still worked out really well. And yeah, the uh, this new version is going to uh, be all in 1080p HD. Uh, I think probably 4K as well, maybe. Uh, but yeah, they have uh, added. Yeah, they got the multiplayer stuff in here. There'll be a demo during Steam Next Fest that starts on Monday. Uh, so, you can check out, uh, I think, the first section of the game mm-hmm. on there. Uh, but yeah, they'll have the online multiplayer in the demo, the campaign prologue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you can kind of check out the early parts of that game. So, that's cool. Uh, yeah, this game's one of my favorite uh, puzzle RPGs out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm excited to see a newer version that makes it a little more accessible for people. Mm hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's coming from .mu, so that's cool to see. And then, yeah, we talked about Stray Gods, the role-playing musical, uh, coming to PC on August 3rd, a few weeks ago. Uh, During the Summer Game Fest stuff, they announced that they are also releasing it on uh, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, uh, Xbox One and Switch as well, so you'll be able to play it on any of the platforms uh, you have. So mm-hmm. that's cool that's the the cool little musical game uh with some dialogue choices and all that kind of stuff that looks really cool mm-hmm. uh yeah, from the mind of David Gator, lead writer and creator of the Dragon age setting uh so yeah that's uh got some good talent there behind it, so mm-hmm. looking forward to that in August, yeah. Uh, Yeah, then uh, PlayStation announced four new PSVR 2 games during this past week uh, on the PlayStation blog. Uh, There's Tiger Blade. Uh, Yeah, It's a Korean neo-noir action uh, cinema-style game. Uh, So you get to fight through tons of hoodlums and such Mm -hmm. in uh, high-stakes chase. Through the atmospheric meticulously recreated marketplaces, docks, alleys and streets of Sewoon, yeah. uh Set in alternate Korea. Uh, yeah. So, there you go. That looks neat. Uh, no date, I don't think, on that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Yeah, no date that I can see, but that'll be coming uh, sometime this year. There's Wanderer, the Fragments of Fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems like a yeah, an adventure game, uh, puzzles, some action stuff in there. He uh, yeah, has a remake of the award winning, critically acclaimed Wanderer. I think this was on PSVR. This is basically a, a next gen remake of that game. So that's mm-hmm. cool. I'll try to see if there's any dates or anything now that they'll have more to announce in the near future. Uh, there's Pixel Ripped 1995, the third game in this series of like retro nostalgia. Uh, type of stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there was one set in the 80s and one like uh, there was one like 85 89 and now 1995 so I assume this will touch on like early uh, PS1 style games that you're playing and late uh, 16-bit games as well Mm -hmm. so uh, that's cool Mm -hmm. that's out sometime in the near future and then they're doing the 7th Guest VR uh, which is seventh mm. guest is sort of a uh, an infamous FMB game uh, Old from the nineties? Yeah, uh, where you're trapped in a mansion of spooky ghosts and shit, mm-hmm. dealing with all of that. I think there's like a fan sequel. It's called like the Thirteenth Guest or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, which is made with more modern FMB technology. So it's uh, very kind of goofy looking now. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a vr remake of the original so you got new puzzles new spaces to explore Mm -hmm. and yeah 3d live action graphics so that'll be wild to see Mm -hmm. uh see coming out later this year uh so yeah that's cool uh so yeah some cool stuff coming out later this year Mm -hmm. then we get to the the big news of the week in the industry uh the embracer group uh Rapidly been expanding for the past several years that uh, now seems to have come to bite them in the ass as they had some sort of $2 billion deal that was in the works fall through. And as a result has said that they are uh, doing a large scale restructuring program that's focused on cost savings, capital allocation, efficiency, and consolidation, which will include staff layoffs, studio closures or divestments, so they may sell some of these studios off, uh, game project cancellations or suspensions. Uh, They have different phases of this going on until March 2024. Uh, The initial phase, which has already begun, mainly targets cost savings across the group, Mm
1: -hmm. which I
0: imagine means a lot of uh, dealing with the uh, redundancies Mm -hmm. that happens when you buy up dozens of studios and don't seem to really uh, do any sort of layoffs or restructuring to note that like they have their own uh, PR company that uh, the Embracer group acquired. And so you have some of these studios doing their own PR separate of that and, you know, HR stuff and uh, a lot of the behind uh, the, be- the scenes stuff that, you probably don't need every single studio to have their own team doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you could probably, you know, simplify that stuff uh, across all of these studios. Mm. So yeah, they've appointed a new interim uh, COO, uh, Matthew Karch, which I believe comes from uh, one of the, the groups that they own. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of that Mm -hmm. uh, group, but uh, there's also another, Appointed Interim Chief Strategy Officer Phil Rogers, I believe, has a history at Square Enix, uh, co-leading this whole restructuring of this program. So uh, that's a whole thing. And, yeah, it just seems like uh, having this deal fall through has sort of uh, been a big issue for them, as it seems like they needed that to kind of keep going the way they have been going. Uh, which has largely been just uh, being very aggressive and kind of ignoring the the ways that they could have, you know, more quietly slimmed, uh the, the company and their various studios down a bit of redundancies and maybe, you know, extended their ability to kind of keep doing what they're doing uh, without too much of a shakeup. But now they kind of have to make some big changes. Uh, whether they're selling off some of these studios uh, and whatnot, or uh, shutting them down, that would be unfortunate for how many studios they bought up and how many properties they own at this point. Uh, with you know, like Gearbox is uh, one of the the subsidiaries involved here. Uh, you got. Uh, a bunch of stuff under THQ Nordic and Deep Silver uh, and all of these other groups that is like seems like they're going to be laying off a bunch of people for no no real fault of any of those people, more that uh, this company has been kind of mismanaged, like they would just keep getting venture capital funding for the foreseeable future to keep them doing whatever they want, and yeah, that's kind of... Mm -hmm. uh, Bitting them in the ass. Yep. Capitalism has happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, this isn't good news. It sucks for everybody involved. Uh, but also, at the same time, it's tough to see this not happening, uh, given how aggressive they've been over the past few years, you know, acquiring mm-hmm. studios left and right. And, you know, I don't mean to, like, you know say anything, or I don't mean for this to be a negative comment, but, like, a lot of these studios aren't really known for Putting out quality content, like yeah, they had they own the IP in Lord of the Rings and or not Middle Earth, Middle Earth. I don't know if there's a separate thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Tomb Raider,
2: but you know even Square Enix called Tomb Raider a, a, a disappointment. So it's hard to imagine how uh, these games or IP or remakes of games from the PS2 and Xbox sixty era or mm-hmm. uh, regular Xbox era are actually going to succeed in today's climate. You know, a lot of the games that you, they've put out over the past few years can now be had, in but so it's hard to really see how they'd be able to profit off anything, not to mention the amount of redundancies they do have. So mm-hmm. a little weird, and but at the same time, hard not to see how this didn't bite them in the ass. I'm not saying this is the direct reasoning for that, but you know they, they took a lot of risks. Obviously, the risks didn't pay off, but at the same time, it's, you, you, you wonder why they did all this. And I know like these layoffs were triggered by the two billion dollar deal falling, but at the end of the mm-hmm. day, you're going to have redundancies no matter what tough to- yeah.
0: yeah yeah uh i don't think it's all bad news for them because they do have like a pretty solid lineup of games uh coming out this year and probably early next year mm-hmm. uh, like did 2 did very well for them versus last year when they were hanging their hat on saints row and that just uh, was a big wet fart mm-hmm. of a release um they got remnant two Space Marine 2, Payday 3, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Arizona Sunshine 2, The New Alone in the Dark, Homeworld 3. So they got some some notable properties that will probably do pretty well at the very least. Uh, But as they say here, they currently employ close to 17,000 people. Mm -hmm. That might be more than what Ubisoft has, and Ubisoft uh, releases far less games. Mm. Uh, than these do and a lot of those studios are support studios as such but yeah they they own a lot of indie studios and sort of smaller uh scale studios Mm. versus a lot of the stuff that ubisoft works on in a weird way um but ubisoft is hemorrhaging hemorrhaging their own people for very different reasons Mm. uh for that stuff but yeah this is going to be wild to see how this all plays out uh, and how many people end up being cut off uh, and laid off and all that. Uh, mm. It could very well be a 1,000 people here oh, yeah. at the very least. And that would be interesting to see what studios survive this, which ones get shut down, which ones get uh, sold off. And it just shows the, the sort of unfettered acquisition spree that they went on. Was well, maybe not the greatest idea, yeah. Because now some of these studios took those deals, not knowing that they would run themselves uh, into a wall and have to mm. shut them down, and make those teams that were doing seemingly mostly fine, mm. uh, you know, have to leave behind mm-hmm. everything they worked for for that stuff. So mm. hopefully, we see. Uh, not that many layoffs, but that uh, doesn't seem like that's going to happen there. But yeah, let's get to uh, some more positive stuff. We'll talk about uh, what we've been, uh, what we saw in the the stuff that happened after the Xbox showcase on Sunday, yeah. uh, and then we'll kind of end this by talking about what games we are looking forward to out of the Summer Game Fest showcases here. But yeah, Ubisoft forward. Not really a ton to talk about here. Uh, they showed off the Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora game which mm-hmm. I think was pretty easy to forget existed at any point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but they showed off a bunch of that game uh, for the new consoles and PC. December 7th, it looks like they said, what if we made a new Far Cry game, but not set in the world of Far Cry, but in mm-hmm. Pandora? Yeah. So it's a lot of what that looked like, uh, where you're doing a lot of that kind of stuff um, with guns and a bow, and you're able to fly around with the Weird flying creatures, and they're making a big deal about having an actual relationship yeah. with them. You can yeah. name them and all that. And it's like, I don't know about that, but mm. it looks pretty solid. But it's also coming out in December, so it could be one of those games that uh, they need to come out this year because mm-hmm. uh, the movie already came out. Yeah, this kind of—I think it's a set during the second movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's a whole thing. So. Yeah,
2: uh, that? Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. Um, as far as the Avatar IP goes, like you know, I enjoy the movies, and I think like the games have you know a lot of potential. Um, but yeah. you know, the technology isn't really there because Avatar as a film IP usually transcends the medium, and I don't see that happening with the game. But again, like it, it does look fun. Um, if mm-hmm. it plays too much like Far Cry, I'll probably be turned off. But at the same time, there is some promise here, and I'm I'm looking forward to those flight scenes yeah but uh let's December see. release date is not good news in my opinion
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh, well, let's see there's Prince of Persia. We got to see a little bit more of that uh that's coming to everything January eighteenth uh looks neat. they got some interesting mechanics in there there's a there's kind of a time mechanic where you can kind of rewind a bit uh to which they showed in you know fights and boss fights where you're sort of able to avoid attacks. Uh, by kind of rewinding your position a little bit, uh, that kind of stuff. There's dashes. There's uh, some bow stuff. Uh, I think there's some sort of 2.5D stuff in that game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably the the game here that kind of most impresses. Uh, and it's a it's a fairly expensive game at 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully it's on the the level of like a Metroid Dread. Uh, for that kind of game. So we'll have to see how that one turns mm-hmm. out. Uh, there was a surprise show up of a game that everybody forgot about, Skull and Bones. Yeah. Uh, and it showed up with a, uh, a group of musicians doing a Sea Shanty song that's three years late from that trend. Um, yeah. Skull and Bones, Sea Shanty thing. Uh, and then they announced it closed beta yeah. August 25th to the 28th, where it's like, Really, oh, okay, this game i don't I don't know what's going on with this game because it's like you come back with this game, mm-hmm. you don't have a date, yeah,' just like, hey, we're doing a closed beta, mm. uh, that's not great to see. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, okay, I guess this isn't coming out this year, then mm-hmm. all they can do is be like, we almost released this, now we're doing a closed beta, yeah, you gotta double check.
2: Yeah, I mean the game has reached like meme status now. Like none mm-hmm. of us are going to say it's going to come out anytime soon or anytime later. And yeah, I don't know who's actually going to care about this beta. Uh, this they'll, they'll, they'll probably be lucky to see like a thousand people, be even way less than that. It's going to be weird. Yeah. So that's your skull
0: bones update. Skull and bones update. Uh, more of a this still exists. Okay. Uh, also, in that same vein, uh, roller champions. Uh, they now stay an interesting uh, crossover that I don't think anybody would have ex- expected, especially after sort of rumors suggesting that Ubisoft was going to shut down the game soon. Uh, but they are doing a Jet Set Radio crossover with Sega uh, mm-hmm. for that game. Uh, that event will happen on June 27th, so you'll be able to uh, earn some of the uh, the outfits from uh, the game Beaten Gum. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the, the main characters from that first game, yeah, they'll have a, a sort of a, a makeover of the main skate park mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so that's cool. Special quest, player banner, and goal FX will also be available during the event. So it's the most interesting thing to happen to that game mm-hmm. since it came out. So there you go. Uh, we got to see more of the crew motor fest, where they basically said, "Hey." isn't Forza Horizon good? Uh, check this game out. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Because, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, they're kind of done with making the, you know, United States, you know, country-spanning epic kind of thing that they were doing the first two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, though they also mentioned that if you have unlocked cars in The Crew 2, you can do some sort of transfer process into this game oh. to have cars unlocked uh, from the start for you to use. So that's kind of neat. But yeah, it's uh, the other thing I saw is that they have a lot of what they call playlists, which are sort of sets of uh, races that you do that are themed. Uh, So you have like stuff that's themed around like Japanese cars and then they'll have uh, a lot of like stylish effects and uh, you know, balloons and such uh, around these, these courses that you're racing Mm. Uh, that are themed around that, you know, like Japan. There's one that's set around like re, uh, retro cars, kind of stuff. Which the the footage I saw, they just have balloons around to say '50s, '60s. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's not really retro inspired. Just listing decades. Mm. Um, but yeah, that game supposedly seems to be pretty solid uh, for what it is. Uh, that'll be out September 14th. So. Mm. Uh, you haven't uh, had a Forza Horizon-style racing game to play in a while, that's one you can check out. Mm. Uh, Or I would say maybe get uh, Need for Speed Unbound on the cheap, Uh, because that game's selling for like 70% off in sales now. Mm So you can get that for pretty cheap as another game that's basically a Forza Horizon clone. Yep, Because that's all you can make nowadays. You're either a Gran Turismo Forza clone or a Forza Horizon clone or a Mario Mm -hmm. Kart clone. Yep. At this point. It's, you're not allowed to make anything else unless you're indie, and then you get to make an Outrun clone. Yeah. And that's it. Did somebody make a Burnout clone? Because I kind of missed that game. No, that would be a
2: uh, Mario Kart clone. Ah. That's how it would turn out. Yeah. Uh they, they made Dangerous Driving, but it is uh, very not polished at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was a few years ago, so that's uh-huh. been a while. But, uh, yeah, they showed off the uh, one of the the Assassin's Creed codename games, uh-huh. uh, Jade, uh, which is set in ancient China. It's also the mobile one. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're doing sign-ups for a closed beta test this summer for that. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you're the type to play an Assassin's Creed game on mobile, it seems like this will be kind of a foolish experience, like the uh, the last couple of uh, open world ones, uh, Origins and Odyssey and Valhalla, that style of thing. Uh, so that could be neat for people that play on there, mm-hmm. uh, much like they're doing with the uh, the Division game, uh, Resurgence. That is also kind of a, a full one of those, but for mobile people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, there's Assassin's Creed Mirage which was sort of the one of the other highlight games. Uh, where mm-hmm. they are making this game that was going to be a expansion for Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they decided to turn it into its own thing, a $50 game, uh, mm-hmm. October 12th, on PlayStation, Xbox, PC. And it's very much evocative of the style of games that like the Ezio trilogy had. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, kind of not one big, huge world. It's kind of more uh, a few cities. Uh, that you can kind of go between, uh, but you're doing a lot of your business there, taking out targets and heading back to base and all that kind of stuff. Uh, less the sort of uh, maybe Far Cry-esque kind of open world of taking out, you know, encampments and that kind of stuff. Uh, so that looks neat. Uh, and then they ended on the, the big game, Star Wars Outlaws, getting to see a little more gameplay of that. Uh, that's out next year on the, the new consoles and PC, and that looks pretty solid. Mm. Uh, of course, you got some shitty Star Wars fans that are mad at, that there's a game starring a woman. Yeah. Well, that's to
3: be expected, because Star Wars fans are the absolute worst.
0: Yeah. I saw one particular, it was like, uh, where are the men in this universe? And it's like, that's literally every series on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Star Wars love.
2: fans combined with the gamer fans, and it's just uh, yeah, a good look. Yeah, so... On the flip side, on the flip side, uh,
3: you know they always said Star Wars was basically a Western in space, and uh, oh, they're kind of doubled out, doubling down on it with this one. Yeah, and uh, it looks uh, fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about Ubisoft as a whole. Yeah, this Star Wars Outlaws presentation was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I I want to play this game now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, that's going to be out next year at some point. And yeah, just looks like it has it all pretty together, though. Still not quite sure exactly what all is going on here. It's just they just show like a mission or so mm-hmm. of that, it's where it's like, oh, you, you run up against somebody from the Empire and you tell them to go fuck off, and so they get they put out you know an APB on you, and somehow you're able to get out of there pretty easily. Yeah, despite the might of the Empire supposedly coming after mm-hmm. uh, after you. She just kind of drives around, finds her ship, and just like leaves. And it's like not really much resistance. Mm. I imagine it's probably more for the for the presentation itself than anything that's supposed to be that challenging. Mm. Uh, But you do have your little like uh, uh, buddy there, your little pet buddy that you can send around to do things uh, to help you out, Mm. uh, that kind of stuff. So that's cool. And of course, you got to have your your cute or weird uh, new like, species in the Star Wars thing that people are obsessed about. Mm-hmm. Much like the the frog dude, Turgle, I think, in yeah. uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So mm-hmm. There you go for this one. Also, I guess I saw people are hot for the robot buddy that you have. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so that's Ubisoft Forward. Uh, we have the Capcom Showcase, which didn't really have that much there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just
2: real quick, um, the Ubisoft Forward was actually my favorite uh in all of summer, summer Game Fest, you know, so far. I want to say so far because I, I don't know if we're fully done yet, but um, at, at at the same time, like, it pretty much showed me what I wanted. It, it showed me what's coming out soon, what's coming out a little later, and what's coming out much later, and when to expect them. Um, I'm, I'm sure it lost some eyes once it got to the Skull and Bones part because nobody really cares about the music, no matter how. I, I thought it was pretty good. And you know, um, roller champions and the crew are pretty ho hum, but once they got back to Assassin's Creed, like it got interesting again. Um, they didn't have to take that big of a deep dive into Assassin's Creed because we know what that is, and it doesn't have to take that long, especially considering that you have the show anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, it's obviously, Star Wars Outlaws, I'm really excited about that game, and um, Ubisoft needs a win, um, and this presentation was definitely that for me um there's a lot of people in the industry that would disagree but i thought like for for what they had to show like this this was a pretty yeah they
0: show they got a plan now Mm than than what we've seen over the past like two years where they haven't released much of anything yeah exactly so there you go you got an idea of what's actually going on there Mm -hmm. uh, capcom's uh,
2: a little bit different from what they've shown here yeah, this was the worst for me, and I love Capcom.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, we'll be skipping a couple of things here. Like, There's Kunitsugami Pathagonist, which was kind of the same thing they showed at Xbox, but maybe a little bit more, but not really yeah. anything that's, you know, giving mm. us any more. Uh, so they shut down a Mega Man mobile game, Mega Man X Dive, mm-hmm. uh, but are re-releasing it in an offline form. All right. Uh so I guess that's the thing. It'll be on Steam now, so you can uh, keep it off of your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can kind of still play it, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do that, I don't know if it's still going to have microtransactions or anything like that. Uh, but at least features a bunch of Mega Man X characters. Mm-hmm. So you can do like fights against bosses and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's some there's some interesting stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be anything that's gonna satisfy anybody anybody but the the weird Omega fans that are desperate for new stuff. Oh. Uh we got a, a weird trailer from Pragmana that Capcom seemed to try to frame as a positive thing, even though the trailer is basically uh the little girl from the other trailers like drawing on this paper as the the big dudes like fighting off enemies. Then reveals, like, oh, it's been delayed. And it's like, yeah, no shit. We haven't heard anything about this game in, like, two years. Uh, Then they put out a statement about the delay. And it's like, okay. But I've seen some of the framing around this being, like, a positive. Like, oh, there's a new trailer. It's like, it's not a trailer you should be, like, bragging about. Yeah. It's the announcement of a delay. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, that'll be... PS5, Xbox Series, X, and S, and PC. Whenever that's coming out, but this is at least more than we ever saw from uh, Deep Dive. Mm -hmm. Which had the one trailer at the the PS4 unveiling, and then that was it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there was technically a Japanese release of something with that Mm -hmm. name, but that's as much as we ever got. Uh, They did a little thing on Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, the, the new release that's coming out. Uh, I believe, and June 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a demo out now, so you can check that out. Play the yeah. the first little bit ahead of time. and I think it'll transfer over. Uh, yeah, the da- yeah, Data from the demo version can be transferred to the full game. Uh, having saved data from the demo, unlocked the following content in the full game, two screen backgrounds, sighting, mm. and a music track that you can listen to in the music menu called Ghost Trick. So okay. there you go. Exciting reasons to start it, mm-hmm. play until you can save and then leave. Mm. Um, but yeah, that game's great. That was a great DS game. Uh, it's sort of a, an adventure puzzle game. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, people should definitely check it out if you want to see like what the uh, Phoenix Wright people did after they you know took a break from that series for a bit. Yeah. Speaking of which. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know that the, the 3DS eShop shut down a few months ago, mm-hmm. and with it went down the three uh, Phoenix Wright games yep. that were not available on any other consoles, uh, Apollo mm-hmm. Justice Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Dual Destinies, and Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Spirit mm-hmm. of Justice. Yeah, And so they said, hey, we'll take those games that people spent money on right before the eShop shut down, Mm-hmm. And we'll make them pay for high def versions of those games again. Yeah. Uh, for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, it's the Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, coming out early 2024. Mm hmm. Uh, not much in the way of details on this. I assume it includes all the DLC stuff mm-hmm. that was in those games. All right. Uh At least the latter two games that had like extra, some extra small chapter stuff you could do mm-hmm. uh, for some things that were. Uh in there, but yeah, should be like the other ace attorney collections mm-hmm. uh with all that kind of stuff, so yeah, that's cool,, mm. uh, you'll be able to check that out next year,, mm. and uh yeah, and then, yeah, they did a little thing on exoprimal uh there's an open beta going on right now, though by the time you listen to this, it'll be over,
1: yeah,
0: uh it'll be on game Pass in July, and I don't really see much of. You know, much chance of this game like breaking out. Mm-hmm. It just seems it's destined to be another like solid multiplayer game that people don't pay attention to because there's other things to do instead of playing that game. Mm-hmm. They'll maybe play it on Game Pass for a little bit and then be like, alright, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wait for other stuff to come out. And then, yeah, we got to see some Dragon's Dogma 2 mm-hmm. and it's Dragon's Dogma 2. So yeah. you get uh the pawns are back it's basically the same kind of system mm-hmm. from the first game uh you got all that kind of stuff there's a little bit more they can do mm-hmm. with like physics and all that kind of stuff yeah pretty much well yeah that's uh that looks neat no details really on anything about mm-hmm. when that game's coming out, so yeah mm-hmm. there's a i'm I'm really hoping it'll be like closer
3: to. Sort of how the original Drag- Dragon's Dogma was sold, because uh, if, if anybody who played Dragon's Dogma when it came out, um, you can tell that like at some point along the way they had to like do some serious like budget cuts, like towards it. Because there's definitely parts where you can see like they put a lot of work into it, but there's definitely parts also where it's like, yeah, they definitely had to cut back on some stuff as well. And sort of rush some things out first, but yeah, I mean that game was still quite fun, and I'm honestly hoping this one even being
2: even better.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's that for the Capcom showcase. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So as for why I thought it was the worst one, I mean, you know this this was like an hour, hour and a half, and what mm-hmm. they showed was stuff that was uh, shown in other showcases aside from. The bad news on Katamata, so I was like, mm, this stuff could have waited, or not, not, not waited. But this could have been an email or a tweet, and uh, yeah, just not an effective use of time. And you know, I love Ghost Trick. I love Apollo Justice. You don't need to spend ten minutes on each one of those, especially since yeah. it's not really happening there. And yeah, but I will say though, um, I'm really excited for Apollo Justice. Even though I bought it, um, I bought those games right before the 3ds eShop closed, and yeah, I'm looking forward to Platinum. Need these games, and I am part of the problem. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So there's that, and uh, there's the Xbox Showcase Extended, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't really much of a stream. There's a lot of like, here's a couple of things we'll have. You know, people from you know this team to talk about, you know, about and a little bit more and some of that stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, sure, but not really getting anything all that interesting out of it. Yeah, you're really, really interested in those games. So mm-hmm. uh, I kind of wrote down some of the stuff here that's had at least something interesting going on. Uh, there's Lamplighters League, which is coming to Game Pass. Mm. Uh, it's dated for October 3rd. That's the uh, XCOM-ish game that's set in more of a Indiana Jones-style era. Mm-hmm. So it's got that kind of vibe to it. So that's something you can check out.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, there's the First Descendant, which is sort of a... A PvE, uh, yeah, cooperative action RPG game that'll be cross-play cross and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. They're having a a, a beta uh, for that uh, August 22nd to the 28th. Uh, that'll be on everything, I believe. So PS, Xbox, and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new update coming out for Hi-Fi Rush on July 5th. Mm-hmm. It adds a, a bunch of stuff. Uh they call it the arcade challenge updates. Hmm. Uh let's see, yeah, they're adding a new BPM rush mode that tests you to battle waves of enemies to the music with a steadily increasing BPM. Hmm. Uh there's power up tower up. Take on the rhythm tower challenges with a new twist. Okay, so it's that and the also introduces special new special attacks, starring our mechanical buddies, CNMN and smidge new challenges earned earn photo mode stickers new t-shirts for chai and outfits for corsica and yeah new poses and filters for the photo mode and more stuff in there so mm-hmm. more stuff for that game mm-hmm. uh then they showed off a game called go mecca ball literally couldn't find much info on it at all so uh it looked a little bit neat it's a little bit of like pinball uh but more of a, I forget what's, how to describe the kind of game. It's not pinball explicitly, but it's kind of dealing with a, a mech that can roll into a ball to do stuff. Uh, a little bit of pinball in there, but yeah, that's out next year, Xbox and PC. Uh, let's see, Lightyear Frontier. This was announced in an Xbox showcase last year, I believe. Uh, they showed off a little bit more of that, and that's coming to early access, early 2024. mm mm-hmm. And then these next ones are all games that were announced that will also be coming to Game Pass uh, as well as Xbox uh, Another Crab's Treasure. This was at one of the Switch indie showcases that is basically uh, what if a crab was in a a Souls game? Yeah. So that's coming to Game Pass as well as Switch and PC early 2024. Mm -hmm. There's a little kitty big city, which is sort of a uh, a bit of an open world ish kind of game where you're playing a cat that gets lost from your family mm-hmm. uh, in the big city. And you're trying to uh, find your way around, help uh, fellow animals that uh, you meet uh, with quests and such. They give you and cause little mischievous uh, actions. If you want that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that'll be Xbox switch and PC early 2024. There's Tectonica, which I think is like a, I forget what kind of game it is. They didn't even bother putting uh, articles on it on the Xbox wire or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do have kind of a recap here of some of that stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find the description for that game. Uh, Tectonica. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. It's at the top here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. It's a factory automation game. Mm -hmm. but you're not as the you're not a, the the top down overseer, but a first person character managing it, which I guess I would say is like satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, not really too innovative, but seems neat for itself. That's Xbox and PC. Their mm-hmm. Sea of Stars is coming to Game Pass uh, as well as PlayStation, yeah. Xbox, Switch, and PC. August twenty ninth, I believe. They didn't really put any dates on any of this stuff. It's literally just a montage. Mm-hmm. So they didn't confirm it was at launch, but I assume it's at launch. Yeah. Um, there's Harold Halibut, which is a, a stop-motion animated, like claymation animated adventure game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a handmade narrative of the game about friendship and life on a city-sized spaceship submerged in an alien ocean. Yeah. Uh, so that looks neat. So that... It's supposedly out early 2024. Come to PlayStation Xbox and PC. Mm-hmm. There's Galactic Care. Uh, where's that description on here? Yeah, Save the Galaxy one patient at a time. You're the new director of Galactic Care. You'll mm. so we'll build and manage a series of hospitals to keep your patients alive for as long as possible for money. Mm. Also because it's the right thing to do. So yeah. Hospital sim ish kind of game, but set in like space. So there you go for that. That's coming out sometime this year. Uh, PS5, Xbox, and PC. Mm-hmm. Neon White's coming to Game Pass at some point on Xbox yeah. and PC. If you have not played that, you absolutely It's great. Yeah, it's sort of a speed-running
3: first-person shooter. With lots of uh, visual novel and date sim
0: elements as well. Yeah, where the combat is kind of decided by the cards you're holding. hmm There, that's happening at some point, no date. Uh, Mineko's Night Market is coming to Game Pass. Uh, it's initially coming to Switch and PC uh, September 26th. PlayStation and Xbox one October 26th. So mm-hmm. no real details if the the PC version is coming to Game Pass mm-hmm. on that first date. Or if they're both waiting. No idea. So mm-hmm. that there's the Bookwalker Thiefs, Thief of Tales PlayStation, mm-hmm. Xbox, and PC. That's supposedly out this week, June 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a narrative adventure game, which you play as Etienne Quist, a mm-hmm. writer-turned-thief with the ability to dive into books. She mm-hmm. powers a journey through reality and book worlds and steal legendary items like Thor's Hammer and Excalibur mm-hmm. to restore your ability to write. It's like if uh, Alan Wake wasn't a scary game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little more adventurous, so there you go for that. Yeah, And The Wandering Village, which is sort of a city builder, but you're on the back of a big... Uh, turtle
1: Creature
0: mm-hmm. uh, that's been out on PC for a little while now uh, but yeah, Xbox and PC that'll be on Game Pass at some point mm-hmm. uh, probably whenever it gets out of Early Access, I think it's still in Early Access right now, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: whenever that happens, but yeah, that was a montage of sorts, so no real extra details on any of that stuff and yeah, that's going to do it for Summer Game Fest that's a lot of stuff there hmm Uh, But yeah, we'll kind of finish off here with a little bit of uh, what excited you most out of everything that uh, we saw throughout the the showcases and all that. Um, Uh, And I'll kick it off here with uh, the things I saw uh, for yeah, from PlayStation Showcase up to the the Xbox thing.
1: mm
0: -hmm. Um, For me, Spider-Man Two is one of the most exciting games we've seen. Yeah. Uh, luckily that'll be out in October so not too far off on that uh, and it has me really wanting to get back and uh, maybe replay the remastered version of the original game yeah. and then finish up uh, Miles Morales in time for that so that'll be something I'll do here over the next uh, couple yeah. of months uh, for let's see the Summer Game Fest um, not sure Prince of Persia looks really cool Mm-hmm. That'll be something I'm interested in checking out. Uh, Liza P seems neat. Luckily, it's on Game Pass, so I don't have to put down any money on a game that looks really rough right now in the demo. Mm-hmm. So that's good to see. Uh, and yeah, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but that's next year. Mm-hmm. I got time for that, and I'll finish up uh, remake at some point later this year. Uh, but yeah, that's the the coolest stuff there. Uh, they have the devs had some cool stuff. Viewfinder, I'm excited about that for next month. Yeah. Uh, the demo looked really cool. Uh, there's a Hellskate that looks cool, but it has no dates, so I'm not really gonna count it. Yeah. Uh, Cocoon looks really cool Has yeah. any little looking game, so looking forward to that. Uh, Devolver Digital, Wizard with a Gun, yeah, the demo was really cool on that yeah. uh, stuff, so that's looking like the big game I'm looking forward to them from them this year. Baby Steps for next year, but that's a ways off. Uh, For the Xbox Showcase, um, not really a ton here because a lot of it's for next year. Not much that has dates for actual games. Uh, Like Like A Dragon, Infinite Wealth is cool looking, but that's next year. Uh, I mean, Starfield, sure. I'll check it out. Looks neat.
1: Yeah.
0: Um just curious to see how everything gels together and kind of stands mm-hmm. out. Uh is the other game I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Uh the demo's really cool to see. And uh yeah, that's uh, the stuff there. Uh yeah, Ubisoft, yeah, Prince of Persia and Assassin's Creed Mirage for mm-hmm. the stuff that's coming out. Uh in the nearest future. So, mm-hmm. here you go. And, yeah, Capcom's like, yeah, I'll check out Ghost Trick probably mm-hmm. here next week. Uh, That's cool looking. And, yeah, the second Xbox Game Showcase, not really much there, uh, especially for dates. Like, Sea of Stars, probably I'll check out when that comes out on Game Pass. Yeah. And Mineco's Night Market looks like a neat game. Uh, and that'll be in the, the fall window, so... Mm-hmm. that's cool that's the stuff i'm kind of looking forward to uh brandon how about you oh uh, well uh, let's see like this came out of summer game fest
3: yeah, you know, i am excited for like you know mortal kombat 1 um because i love mortal kombat i also want to see remnant 2 um i'm especially excited for Sandland because you know i love toriyama and i love when they put his art style in the 3d and it's just, it, it, it scratches that itch. I'm also excited for Alan Wake, too, because I love the original Alan Wake, and I want that story to get some kind of resolution, even if it's only halfway. Um, uh, and, yeah, uh, as far as, like, uh, Day of the Devs, uh, uh, not really anything, not a whole lot. Like, Salt Sea Chronicle looks kind of neat. Uh Eternite, so it's kind of neat. Cocoon looks like a neat little game. Um, uh, Devolver Digital, uh, the, the Talos principle. Uh, second, that would be neat because that the first game is surprisingly like a brain buster, but still entertaining. Um, but uh, the Xbox showcase uh, is really where I started to like, get um, interested. So like Star Wars Outlaws, you know, we already saw. You know, we saw some of that, I already said. As far as, you know, they've been kind of doing good for Star Wars games lately. Um, You know, since, you know, they've decided to not try and blast them all out at once. It's shotgun style, like they used to. Um, And it looked, you know, but unfortunately, you know, this is Ubisoft. And you have to be worried that there's going to be like a downgrade when the actual game comes out. Because that's what happened with Watch Dogs. But... Um also Sinuous Saga uh like a Dragon Infinite Welts, um uh Persona 3 Reload just because I want to play a more modern version of that game. Um uh Cyberpunk 2077 Liber- Phantom Liberty definitely cuz you know I played and replayed it recently and finished it and you know it's it's a legit good game now and it looks like with Phantom Liberty they're actually going to like I, I'm getting from what I'm reading, I'm getting the sense that with Phantom Liberty they're gonna kind of sort of show off like what they might be planning to do with the sequel um, because that's you know they're hard at work at the second cyberpunk game. Um, and I want to see, you know I just it just looks cool and I want to be in that world some more. Um, also Clockwork Revolution simply because I want to see if they can shake the whole, BioShock Infinite clone accusations, Um, but uh, as for like Ubisoft Forward again, Star Wars Outlaws, um, nothing else from there really caught my attention other than Prince of Persia. Um, You know, I've kind of grown tired of Assassin's Creed, so I don't really care about that that much anymore. Uh, Capcom, you know, basically was Apollo Justice, Dragon's Dogma two. Dragon's Dogma 2 actually looks good and doesn't look rushed like the original one. Um and as far as like the Xbox game showcase, um, oh yeah. And did I mention Starfield uh I didn't mention Starfield, did I? Yeah, I also wanna really want to see Starfield. Um because I really want Bethesda to finally like put out a good game that isn't Buggy as all hell. They kind of drop lost a lot of credit with Fallout seventy six and they desperately need a win. Um, as far as like uh, the Xbox game showcase, Sea of Stars, uh I really want to play that. The Bookwalker also looks good. And uh yeah, that's that's pretty much it
0: for right now. So you Danrub.
2: Um yeah, for me, um honestly it wasn't a whole lot. A lot of the stuff that I was excited about came from the smaller presentations like Day of the Devs and uh, the Wholesome Direct, uh, but as far as what the AAA showed, like, the stuff that I'm excited for is the stuff that we already knew about. Like, for mm-hmm. PlayStation, Spider-Man 2, um, and yeah, you know, we, we've known about that forever. Uh, and then Xbox definitely had some new stuff, but it's also a lot of stuff that really isn't in my wheelhouse. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whether they be first- or third-person shooters or, or or driving games, like, it's, it's mm-hmm. not really what makes me um, but yeah, like j- j- just to go over some of the titles that, you know, got my interest on Xbox. I liked uh, Jusant, uh Dungeons of Hinterburg, Fantasia, Powerborn. These are all in 2024. And then there's Path of the Goddess, uh, which doesn't have a date yet. Um, mm-hmm. I also listed Ultros, Power World, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, and then for Day of the Devs, there were simple, simpler times. Viewfinder, Hellscape, Henry Halfhead. Cocoon and uh, Eternites. Eternites is probably like the biggest indie that uh, had my attention. Um, then at Wholesome, there was Mineko's Night Market, Venba, and Little Nemo and the Guardians of Summerland. Um, but yeah, mm. a lot of what I'm interested in are the smaller titles. Um, if anything, though, uh, with the demos that came out, especially for um, Lies of P, which I, I didn't touch yet, and then obviously there was Final Fantasy 16, you know, just playing that alone, as I mentioned before, made that game skyrocket to the type of my um, anticipated life. So, you know, um, t- typically we shouldn't expect a bunch of demos that around this time, especially on the console side, but we mm-hmm. did get them and what we got were, uh, was great. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to that stuff in that regard. Um, looking further down my list, um, I am also really excited for the, uh, like a dragon games, both the man mm-hmm. without a name, as well as, uh, uh, the infinity one with, uh, Ichiban. So, you know, mm-hmm. I love Yakuza. And, um, yeah, uh, there's just just a, a lot of stuff to look forward to, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff coming out over the next few weeks, so it's hard to focus in that regard. And then, yeah, uh, Starfield, you know, I, I I have my excitement for. It's not really my cup of tea either, but the stuff they showed was interesting. And yeah, assuming it has day one Game Pass availability, uh, I'll definitely try it out when it first comes out. But um, I wouldn't say like it's an it's that much of a needle mover for me as much as you know the most most of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of what makes me feel this way is the fact that, you know, it, it all started with PlayStations, PlayStations, right? And I would say that as far as my own interests, it didn't really align with what I liked. And that was pretty much a common theme uh, throughout the entire thing. Um, oh. Xbox, as I talked about it last week, like they, they didn't have a whole lot of dates, but at the same time, um, their showcase extended, which happened like uh, earlier the following week showed a lot of stuff that's coming out this year, uh, especially mm-hmm. the Hi-Fi Rush, Arcade Challenge update, and uh, things of that nature. And I, if, if that stuff like found a way to get into the main presentation, I'd be a little higher on them. But yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, also, the, that new Sonic game coming out. Really, really looking forward to that, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like seeing all the indie stuff being shoveled off to this extended showcase was kind of the disappointing thing. Mm-hmm. That was definitely the the big thing that stuck out from that big showcase is that there wasn't uh, a ton of the indie stuff there. It's like a couple of things and then like 33 Immortals was an Xbox exclusive so that's why it was there. You know, some of that other stuff is also exclusive the Dungeons of the Hinterberg. Uh The others are like Game Pass games so that's the other reason those show up but yeah. Uh, it's still a pretty good showcase, like a series of showcases. We got a lot of good games looking to come out this year and next year and a bunch of stuff to pay attention and it's not even with me paying attention to probably half of the showcases the uh the wholesome direct and the the pc gamer showcase ahead uh i forgot what the name of it is but there's a a new trucking game that's a space trucking game where they kind of didn't even turn it into like a, a proper spaceship but it's or just they managed to figure out how to make a sh- uh, you know a semi-truck fly into space. That's basically the the extent of their uh evolution of a truck uh for space. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: that game's looking pretty cool. I just forget what the name is. I'll figure it out later. But yeah, it's uh there's some cool stuff and now we're ready for games to come out. As we've got Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 16 out this week coming up. We've got Rogue Legacy 2 on PlayStation for people to check out and viewfinders next month we got a couple more releases next week with uh, mm-hmm. uh, the ghost trick re-release and that stuff so mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff coming out over the next couple of months here even before we get into the holiday season that Madden has always been the symbol of when it kicks off mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it's a, a lot to look forward to so yeah that'll be it for the show this week we'll be back next week with a new slate of news and games to talk about Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, Uh, then uh, thank you to Brandon and Danner for joining always, Uh, we'll be back next week uh, to talk about some more stuff and select strangers that uh, have a lot of cool stuff to look forward to this year as well, and uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in, I hope you have a good week ahead Uh, we'll see you all next time, have a good one